Hello, everybody. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that this is the final chapter of Voltage. So if you're listening to them out of order or for the first time, you might want to go back and get caught up before you listen to this one, because this is chapter 22, Infections and Ions. The air cracked above the core as Sarah landed in the headquarters holding Lewis in her arms. She let him down to the floor and looked at him, putting a hand on his cheek. Their foreheads touched and he nodded. She nodded back, withdrawing and flying back out, returning in two minutes with her aunt and uncle and Lewis and David's parents after that. Another sonic boom split the air and Lewis looked up as David descended with a young blonde woman in his arms. Huh, that must be hope. I guess the force field worked, huh, lady? Yeah, it seemed to, anyway. Good. Hi, you're Hope, right? I'm Lewis. It's nice to meet you. I'm sorry if I'm intruding. Don't be silly. You're obviously very important to David, and that makes you important to us. You're welcome at the core, anytime. Hope turned to David, who had returned from the kitchen with a bottle of water. It was so nice of you to bring me here to be safe, David. I know, this is a terrible date, and meeting the family this early is not usually normal, but... You should know that I care about you a lot, Hope. Normal is overrated. I care about you, too. Lewis and Sarah walked hand in hand to the living room, where Clark, Lucy, Mark, and Isabel sat on the couches. David noticed and followed them, Hope trailing behind. Are they... are they really gone, Lewis? I mean, I can't feel the electricity anymore. It is like it's disappeared completely. The peak project is definitely still there. And I didn't get infected by the storm. But he stretched out his hand and focused. But no lightning came. Nothing. Not even a spark. What happened, buddy? I don't really know. Stan, he released the virus before we even knew he had. Everybody started getting infected, and I could hear the screams, and I just... I got so angry. We should probably start telling them what happened from the beginning, Hero. Yeah. Okay. As the team retold the night's events, the television softly played in the background, itching Lewis's ears. People are being warned to stay indoors as the president initiates martial law. Voltage cannot stop the man identified as Stan Polar from releasing what is being called the Fire Frost. But it was Stacy Nile, still clad in her red dress, who dealt the most brutal blow. Where is Voltage now? After all their posturing to fix things, to help us, the three of them couldn't stop this Fire Frost at all. It's not like they were outnumbered, and definitely not outgunned. We all saw the footage provided by my news chopper. Ayana completely dominated the fight when he was trying. So why wasn't he trying the whole time? Who even is Stan Polar? Did he become a villain to play a part in some sick game? You can't have heroes without villains, right? I dare say that these heroes' very presence makes them responsible for this mess in the first place. Do you hear me? 
her voice had become shrill, and Lewis turned to see a boil had begun to grow on Stacy Niles' neck. This is your fault, Voltage! Congratulations on saving the planet! I'm turning this off now. It's not going to help us figure out a plan. Lewis rose abruptly and started to leave the room, but Clark and Lucy quickly intercepted his journey, stopping him with a hug. Lucy's eyes were misty as she looked at her son's pained face. I know nothing is going to make sense for a while, but just know that you're not responsible for Stan not defending himself. He was far too gone to be just imprisoned anyway, son. Whether it feels like it or not, you did the right thing. And we're so proud of you, no matter what happens next. Lewis smiled weakly and hugged his parents again, eventually pushing past them and going up the stairs, footsteps echoing as he arrived at the balcony. Sarah watched momentarily before walking up herself. A couple of minutes after Lewis and Sarah had departed from the main floor, those that remained had decided to prepare a meal. May as well eat the good stuff, David had reasoned as he pulled the prime rib out of the freezer. Now, only ten minutes later, a full dinner had been placed on the table, the hero putting his speed and electricity to efficient use. As everyone sat down, there was a moment of solemn silence. Head bowed, eyes closed, before David answered. Stan had said there was no stopping it, but he was already wrong about the speed at which the virus would spread. By the time his little speech came around, the fire frost was late. Why are we sitting at a dinner table? Oh, this is for you guys. I mean, I'll eat too, really quick, but this is to make sure you're taken care of while we're gone. I don't know how long we'll be. I'm going to meet with Inselm, and Sarah has a mission of her own. Just punching the infected air isn't going to do anything, so that's out. Most people are indoors for now, but the virus will get to them too. You guys are the most safe right now, underground in the core. What if you put the clouds in a force field? Then it couldn't snow on anyone else, right? That's a good idea, but it's already too big for that. Besides, that's a solution to only half the problem. And we're still short one teammate. Well, what do you think Lewis would do if he still had his powers? He wouldn't meet with Inselm, that's for sure. Not when the whole world is literally at stake. After we brought Skye into custody, she's probably holed up in some safe house anyway. He'd probably... Oh. Um, I just had an idea, and I'm leaving. A quick peck on the lips bade Hope goodbye, and David flew out into the night once again. Sarah had been silent for several minutes, just watching Lewis stare at the crimson blizzard. The peak project kept him from succumbing to the apocalyptic weather, but it still made her nervous. You ready to talk about it yet? I don't know what to say, lady. I failed. Failed everything. That sounds so dumb, I know, but then I look at the sky, and it's not dumb at all. And I know part of me is still a little in shock from Stan. I'm sorry that he's dead, but... I'm not sorry that I did it. I was angry, but part of me knew he'd never stop. And we tried reaching, and the way he actually succeeded in endangering the world, I couldn't... I couldn't let him... And I still took a life. 
And I definitely think that's not going to go away for a while. And now I'm in the same place as last time. Looking across a helpless world with no powers. And no way of knowing how to get them back. And that's stopping you from pressing forward? Lewis turned around in surprise, and Sarah walked towards him as she continued, and pressed her forehead against his. I love you, hero. I will always love you. I love your heart to help. I love your drive to try, even when it seems like you can't. I know it feels like we failed. I know you don't have the lightning anymore. But I don't love you any less. And you're still part of this team. You and David have so much that we don't. Even without the powers. But we don't have your leadership. Your perspective, your willpower. And it's been your heart that's inspired us from the beginning. You can't give up, hero. We are not responsible for what happened, and maybe we're not even responsible to fix it, but we have to do something. So what are we going to do? Before Lewis could answer, his and Sarah's communicators chirped. Yeah, Dave? I just wanted to let you know I realized something. When your power outage thing happened, it, it didn't affect the clouds. Just the electronic stuff down below. But when we were fighting with Stan and Sky, the snowstorm was mixed with thunder and lightning. So what does that mean? I don't know, but I'm going to try and fly above the red clouds and see if I can find out. Alright, yeah, go for it. And bro? Yeah? We're not giving up. You're not allowed to either. Go with him, Sarah. See if there's anything you can find. But what about you? Where are you going to be? Lewis looked out at the city and squared his shoulders. Wherever I can help. The electric engine hummed as Lewis blazed through the crowded street full of empty cars. Still sounds like a spaceship. Buying this electric car was one of the first things Lewis had done with the money from the Reckoning Chronicles. And after he and his friends could fly, the vehicle had stayed inside the garage. But Lewis was grateful that they kept it. The clouds continued to deepen in the color red. What once looked like a flaming atmosphere now appeared to be a bleeding sky matched by the crimson-covered ground that Lewis's all-terrain wheels were carving through. A honking sound interrupted his thoughts, and Lewis screeched to a halt, seeing a station wagon flashing its lights and laying on the horn. The fiery snow was still coming down heavily, but Lewis could make out a family of three trapped in the vehicle. He pulled right next to them before rushing out of his car and knocking on the windshield. Are you okay? Yeah, for now. We're on the recycled air in here, but... The gas is almost gone, and we can't maneuver with the roads like this. I don't... I don't know what we're gonna do! Lewis put a hand up to shield his eyes as he sized up the station wagon. Ugh, even with the peak project in my system, there's no way I'm strong enough to carry the car with them in it. At least not for a long way. And this snow is coming down so heavy. I just gotta go for broke. Have everyone unbuckle their seatbelts. When I say, you've got to relax your body. Got it? I don't understand. You won't until it's over, but this is your only option. I need you to nod. Can you nod? Good. Looks like the trunk doesn't leak out into the rest of the car. 
The powerless hero quickly moved to the trunk and pulled at the opening. Against the lock, Lewis strained only slightly before the metal bent beneath his fingertips, and he sheared off the lid. Carrying it in one hand, Lewis went to the back passenger door. The young girl couldn't be any more than seven years old, and she was clearly frightened. But one kind smile from Lewis showed her she could relax, and Lewis acted swiftly, pushing himself into bullet time. Putting all of his speed into one fluid motion, he opened the door and grabbed the child with one arm, scooping her out of the seat and rotating his body, turning into his car and placing her in the back seat. He had kept the trunk over their heads the whole time and opened and closed each door in milliseconds, so no red dust touched her. Whew. Awesome. All right. Let's just do that two more times. Lewis did so, keeping the blizzard off of the wife and husband as well before placing himself back in the car. As he put the hybrid back into drive, he noticed the family was still in shock over the quick transition, eyes wide and questioning. I guess that makes sense. Didn't wear my costume so no one would know that Ionic lost his powers. I'd freak out too if a regular Joe was that strong and fast. I'll take you guys to the nearest shelter. It's only a couple miles from here. As they drove forward, the snow began to weigh heavily on a telephone pole, which had finally given way just before Lewis's car had cruised underneath it. It clattered onto the street, and Lewis couldn't turn in time. The wooden pole cracked and jutted into the tires and the underside of the vehicle, the momentum pressing it up and flipping the SUV over. Everything seemed to move in slow motion as Lewis heard the family's screams mixing with the sound of shredding metal and breaking glass, tumbling over and over. No, 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 no! His internal shouting stopped short as the airbag broke against his face. Finally rolling to a crunching stop, the car managed to land upright, and Lewis looked at his passengers. They were stunned and bleeding slightly, but the worst sight was that the broken window had begun to let the deadly snow inside the car. Okay. Okay. But just as Lewis had unbuckled his seatbelt, a hand yanked his door open and pulled him out of his seat, a scarred wrist the last thing crossing his vision before his surroundings disappeared. final sheet of red faded past Sarah's electric force field as she and David pushed into the upper atmosphere, the night sky significantly clearer as the stars winked from above. That was the most intense flight I've ever had. Even though we're immune to this stuff, I'd still rather not get any in my eyes. The way the clouds roll, it's like a sea of red. But something is off. David, this doesn't look like a blizzard cloud, does it? Nah, but it's not like it's a regular blizzard. But it still looks familiar. Like a satellite image we saw on the news. Oh, it was during the... The bomb cyclone that hit the eastern seaboard a few years ago. Oh, man. It hasn't fully manifested yet. It's moving pretty slowly. But once it reaches full maturity, it's gonna be so much worse. What if we tried to burst the cloud thing like I did with the... What did you call it? The Snownado. Yeah, it's pretty big, but maybe if we tried to do it a bunch of times. Sarah nodded and shot a small orb of electricity into the monster cloud to test the theory. It burst inside the top of the red ceiling, separating briefly before closing back again. No good, but check it out. Yeah, 
Look, it's a couple of shades lighter. Hazy lines of light began to steady into a more clear view of his location as Lewis found his bearings, feet planting on a small patch of grass beneath a willow tree. He whirled to confront the interferer, but stopped short as he recognized his face. It's the shopkeeper. Hello, Lewis. You... You have to send me back! The shopkeeper's eyes betrayed his slight amusement, like one talking to an endearing child who did not understand. The other family is safe. Don't you think I brought you here for a reason? You're right. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. For what? For what? I failed. I finally had what I wanted. And I really tried. I did. I tried to do the right thing. To... The shopkeeper nodded, walking towards Lewis. Here, in this environment, the boiling sky was still visible, and the snow whipped even faster than before. But the shopkeeper was unaffected, his bronze skin appearing to take on a luster almost in spite of the cataclysmic surroundings. His voice could be heard above the wind, and as the tree bent against the force of the shearing winds, the man never once wavered in his steps. About a foot from Lewis now, he finished the sentence. To shave the world. Yeah. And who says that you didn't? You're seeing those clouds, right? Of course I see them. But maybe that isn't the way you were supposed to shave it. Some people are meant to save their corner of the world through the smallest of things, Lewis. I will freely tell you that you are not just meant to do it that way. I know that you were built and given the passion to do more large-scale things. Even your writings have a significant following. He put his hand on the young man's shoulder. And you have done so well. You really have. You've saved lives, stopped crimes, revealed corruption, and fought for justice. But let me ask you, why is David your friend? He... he just is. Sure, he is now. But way back, a solid seven years ago, he wasn't, was he? He was a troublemaker on the verge of joining a gang. The Atlanta Apex, if I remember, and I do. It was your house he had planned to rob to buy his fee into it. You interrupted his plan by waking up too early, and instead of calling for help or trying to break his face, you asked if he was hungry. <laughs> Leave it to you and your family to solve a problem with food. You didn't fight him, you didn't accuse him. You offered to serve him. Only through that meal did David begin to be a part of your family. One meal leading all the way up to his adoption. Only because of your example. Lewis took a deep breath, his eyes watering. But not everyone is like David. No, they're not. But it isn't your job to make them like David, or like you, or even like me. It's your job to be 
an example. You can fight, you can protect, you can lead. But you don't have to prove that you're right. But I'm not, you are. You are trying to do that. And it's because you want to help. And that's great. And your striving does make me proud. So proud. And you can help the poor and provide clean energy if you think that will help. But not just to please people because you're afraid to fail. That's not what it's truly about, you know. If you fail, it doesn't make me less proud, because I know your heart. But I didn't come to be right, Lewish. I already was. And I am. I didn't come to be right. I came to make a way. And you are here, just like David and Shara, just like your family and countless others. And there are more of them out there still than you think. To lead others to it by example. Just because people don't follow, doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. The brighter the light, the deeper the darkness. And your destiny is so much greater than this storm of fire and frost. But not for the reasons you think. He saw Lewis hanging his head barely nodding and paused before the shopkeeper decided to speak again. And you know, we've been talking this whole time, even before we got here, and you still haven't asked me. I... I was afraid to ask. Afraid you'd say no. Or that you'd say yes and I'd fail again. But if you did say no, I could live with it. I understand better now. Thank you for that. If you say no, I... I won't fight. I might try to get others to safety, might try to help any way I can, but I will obey." Lewis squared his shoulders and lifted his head as he fell to his knees. Because either way, someone has to go. So here I am. I'll go. The shopkeeper's smile broadened and the grip on Lewis's shoulder tightened. A second hand was placed on the hero's chest and Lewis heard, Then go. You never lost your powers. I did not take them from you and they are mine to give and take away. But you only thought you weren't worthy of them. But you are. Because I said so. But there's one more thing you need to know before you go about the lightning. And as Lewis saw his surroundings dissolve once more, he felt a familiar energy begin to stir from his soul. And the final message from the shopkeeper echoed in his skull, a greater understanding of not only his powers, but his purpose. Sarah shot another ray that skimmed the top of the clouds, noticing the pinkish hue had begun to turn a slight gray, finally. But it's still not enough! The sound of the storm could be heard even above the clouds, and Sarah had to shout to her teammate. I don't even know why that's working, but it's still on too small a scale. So how do we fix that? Sarah opened her mouth to answer, but turned to look at the clouds. 
she could hear something above the roar of the storm. A sizzling, pulsing sound. Glowing in the cloud's center, a pillar of blue began to rise, breaking through and suddenly coming to a halt in front of Sarah and David. Hero! Hey, lady. Lewis wrapped his arms around her. We need to act quickly, but you guys have to understand what's going on in order for this to work. He could feel Sarah already reading his mind as he watched her expression turn from curiosity to shock and awe. Is that... Yeah, it really is. The reason the storm was slow when we were fighting Stan was because our lightning was countering the virus. It's an airborne contaminant, and the lightning was trying to purify the air. Lightning does that? Yeah. It's the only thing thin enough to slice the air the way it does. It... Well, it ionizes the air, removing anything toxic from it. Usually it's only on a small scale. But with our abilities, we should be able to purify the clouds. Hopefully we can charge the atmosphere enough to remove the toxins from the population's body too, as they just breathe it in. But that's going to take, like, a massive energy output. Do we have enough for that? I don't think we have a choice. Yeah, we've got to try. You guys have to distribute the electricity into the air below the clouds, purifying the flakes to keep entering people's bodies. Focus it so that it's not going to injure them. Make the lightning as thin as you can. I'll stay in the cloud and discharge the energy from within. Our combined effort should be enough. The hero looked at his love and his friend, growing somber for a moment before adopting a more cheerful and resolute demeanor. All we've got in one continuous blast. We got this. We'll keep tabs on each other through the communicators. Let's go! David and Sarah shot down through the red clouds, coming out on the other side quickly. They each rocketed towards the most concentrated areas of the storm, and Sarah closed her eyes, focusing inwardly, drawing out as much electricity as she could before extending her hands. The energy streamed outward. Countless electric tendrils reaching almost 200 miles in each direction, sparking against the crimson snow. David mimicked her action, and nearly the entire length of Georgia was covered in a sheet of ionization. This is cool and all, but I don't think we can do this for a long time. We gotta hold out as long as we can. The ruby-red lakes of disaster swirled in the center of the storm cloud beginning to sting Lewis's eyes. Scarlet ice had started to crystallize on his suit, and he could already tell this was not the same intensity as what was occurring on the surface. Makes sense. This is still Stan's blood and powers. The amount of concentration is clashing with my bioelectricity, just like my powers did with his. This is probably going to hurt a lot. Lewis rose above the clouds, taking a deep breath before plunging back in. It was thick in texture, like swimming through a giant ashtray. All or nothing. Here we go! The champion flooded his body with electrical energy, lightning exploding from every pore. It clashed against the deadly particles, resounding with deafening crackles. The cloud loosened its hold slightly, the flakes scattering from the center as the electricity began to extend its reach traveling along the refreshed currents of air. It's working! Come on, Lewis. We're making headway. Just a little more effort. Or a lot more effort. The storm was taking its toll. 
beginning to simultaneously burn and freeze through the hero's uniform and irritate the exposed skin. The generated lightning flickered for a second and Lewis dropped his hovering before regaining control and he shook his head. No! Can't quit. So cold. So cold it burns. But I can't stop. His eyes began to glow, plasma overflowing from his pupils. We will stop this storm. We have to. I... What the heck is that sound? It doesn't matter. The lightning intensified and the sparking against the disease grew louder, portions of the cloud breaking apart as Lewis finally shouted aloud, You are not welcome here! An enormous flash came from Lewis's body, extending past streams of energy and shattering the clouds, overtaking the virus completely. The city lights beamed from below, the move above responding in kind, and Lewis smiled as he submitted to the pull of gravity. David shouted with tremendous effort as he let his electricity fade, thunder rippling the air in his wake the last of the flakes turning white as snow. Got it! We did it, you guys! Every particle of air ionized at the molecular level of Sarah's effort, too, meticulously cleansing the final specks. All good on my side, too. Great job, guys. I, uh, I need one of you to help me out. If you can. David looked skyward, but couldn't see anything. What's up, bro? I can't see you up there. Hero! The storm is gone, so what's wrong? Well, I've only got a little bit of energy left. And I'm pretty high up, but I'm falling pretty fast, and I can't fly right now. Sarah shot up into the sky, seeing a small speck hurling towards the earth. I'm too far away! So am I! David and Sarah both pushed themselves towards Lewis, the air breaking against their speed. We're both low on energy, too. I don't think we're going to make it in time. It'll be okay, guys. Lewis smiled, exhausted as he could tell he was rapidly approaching the ground. All that matters is that we did it. A blinding light streaked downward, striking Lewis square in the chest. It bent his head back from the force, multiplying the remaining sparks in his body and stopping his descent. The bolt from the blue disappeared as quickly as it came, leaving only thunder behind, and Lewis regained control, hovering just ten feet above the street. <sighs> that was close. Lewis grinned, and Sarah and David tackled him in the air, almost knocking him over. The people below began to come from their shelters to see the lack of red sky breathing in the renewed air as boils began to clear from their skin. The ionization had been successful. So you're telling me that you almost died trying to fix your mistake? The camera whirred as it zoomed in on Lewis's masked face, who smiled coolly before responding. He felt David flinch and heard Sarah chuckle and shake her head. Well, what I said was, we did what we had to do to help any way we could, regardless of the consequences it could have had on our own lives. 
I'm just glad the healing process only took a week for the public. And what will you do now? Stacy unconsciously felt the spot where the boil had once been. You said you were here to fix things, so is the economy next? The homeless? You know, Stacy, not every news outlet has asked what's next. They simply just said, thank you. You know me better than that, Power Surge. And you know my fans better than that. Now I'll tell you this, Stacy. I apologize for not being clear before. I did not mean to imply that we were sent from God to fix the world. But what if we were? What would you do about that? So many people have decided to dance around words and context and all of those things, but from what I know, he's asked of me to be an example. And we do that through actions and through words. Acceptance, but not approval. We call justice, justice. We call truth, truth. We offer help. We offer hope. We offer love. So what if he did tell us to help you? Would that really be so bad? Stacy's silence was answer enough, and Lewis continued. Either way, we want to help in any way we can. I do believe that helping is part of my destiny. I feel like a lot is asked of me sometimes. But I know someone who's asked way more of himself. And all he requires is my yes. What a stupidly simple thing to say. If you're as serious as you think you are, you know it's not that easy. Well, that's true, and beginnings are often easier, but that doesn't mean the rest of the journey isn't worth it. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to be kind to people who aren't kind to you, to forgive enemies and to serve, but I've never regretted my yes. I've only regretted my no. And I hope that one day I'll hear that my yes help someone else say it too. They will be ionized the air and made it fresh. Maybe, just maybe, will be a breath of fresh air in the heart as well. That makes thanking you all the harder for a lot of the world. No one has said anything like that, not publicly, for over ten years. That's okay. Lewis rose as his team followed. We'll be here to protect and serve you anyway. And as for what we'll do next, the answer is that we'll help in any way we can, just like Ionic said. Who knows, maybe we're on our way to do something awesomely heroic right now. You think it's that easy? You can just say that you're here to fix the world, to help us not be so hopeless, and you just, and you just fly away? Who do you think you are, Ionic? Who am I? Who are you? Brother, Brother. son, son, inspiration, hero. I'm someone who knows that there's a better way. I promise there's a better way. In the way that I live, the words that I speak, hopefully, eventually, even just one person will ask what that way is. And we'll show them, and they'll follow. But if not, we were still willing.
The cameras winked off and bolted flew out into the daylight, thunder echoing behind them as Stacy sat down, a glimpse of a smile forming on her face before returning to a frown. She looked out the window as the crowd of picketers roared at the flying heroes, healed faces full of anger and discontentedness, except one. A lone young man in the midst of the crowd smiled at the sight of voltage, raising a fist just barely above his waist in cheer. Ionic, Sprite, and Power Surgers did not notice this young man, but all the same smiled peacefully as they soared over the city towards the sirens wailing in the distance. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or the series in general, please like us, rate us, and share it with someone else that you think might enjoy it. This has been a labor of love and and really an act of obedience towards the Holy Spirit who gave me this story, or at least my creativity, to share with the world. And I hope that it has inspired you, or at the very least entertained you, and caused you to think a little bit differently about the world that you create and your eternity hereafter. There might be a sequel, I haven't decided, but either way you can find us on our other podcast, Lightning Bolts and Leather Jackets, where we talk about what it means to be a Christian in these difficult and confusing times. And we address a lot of hard questions that we couldn't really cover here in Voltage. So, it was a pleasure to give you Voltage, the audio drama. Thanks again. Thank you.